world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. This week on Parents Are Hard to Raise, psychologist Dr. Lena Aldana helps us pick up the pieces and begin moving forward again. Join 180 million monthly subscribers who can now listen to Parents Are Hard to Raise on Spotify. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Perardi. There's one thing I've come to learn about hosting a national radio show. Your life plays out in the open for all to see. For people like me who are naturally shy, that can be a bit uncomfortable. But the benefits of having an extended family in 169 countries to help you over life's rough spots, that's something I'm so grateful for every day. Thank you all so much for your support. The last time our guest expert was here with us, it was just after my mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. As longtime listeners know, my mom passed away this past September, and the outpouring of love and support I got from listeners around the world overwhelmed me. I'm so fortunate to have you guys as my extended family, and I know that there are so many of you who are going through what my family is going through now. My mom and I were very close. We spoke every day, sometimes even more than that. Her passing has left a pretty big hole in my life, as is the case with just about every family caregiver I've ever known. There's no right or wrong way to feel when someone you love dies. Most people just go numb inside, and then day by day, they move through the stages of grieving and return to daily life. But for caregivers, it's different. They often grieve twice. It's common for caregivers to go through what's called anticipatory grief. Unlike the grief and mourning that happens after someone is passed, this anticipatory grief begins even before the person has died. When someone we care for has a terminal disease, an injury, or condition that permanently changes their personality, like Alzheimer's disease, the grief caregivers feel may come even before their loved one is gone. Caregivers often suffer anxiety, dread, or sadness as they wait for their loved one to pass. Many also feel a sense of guilt, anger, bitterness, even resentment as we're forced to come to terms with the fact that we can't change the outcome. Grief is a natural, universal emotion. It's part of what makes us human. Because grief is intense and uncomfortable, we often try to find ways to avoid the immensity of the emotion through distraction and busyness, and getting back to life as usual is often a good way to heal the pain of loss. But for caregivers, the sense of loss is so profound. Caregiving was part of normal life. Now the abrupt change in roles is confounding, and many caregivers feel as if they've lost their identity. 
Often caregivers were forced to make changes in their own lives, changing where to live, the added financial concerns, altering of relationships. Now all that has changed, leaving them confronted with the fear of not knowing what lies ahead. Maybe that's why caregiver grief lasts such a long time. Recent research has shown caregiver grieving can last a year or more. And it's why I've asked our resident psychologist, Dr. Lena Aldana, to help walk us through one of life's toughest times. Dr. Aldana is a licensed psychologist and clinical director at Pirelli Clinical and Forensic Psychology and is our go-to expert for issues like these. Lena, welcome back to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. And um, and I'm very sorry to hear about your mom. I I. I spoke to you a little while ago, and I, I neglected to ask you, so I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. It's, uh, you know, I, 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 as many caregivers, I did go through that anticipatory grief, you know, dreading what was going to happen and then trying my best to try to figure out how, how to avoid it happening. And, and, and now that it has happened, this you know, people will say, well, how are you? And I can't, I can't say, I can't put my finger on how I am. You you know, your, your emotions are up and down. They're all yeah, over the place. Absolutely. Is that normal? Yes. And, and it's that time of year on top of everything else. Yeah. Um, last year, um, she was getting sick and these are the holidays. So you have all these anniversaries happening. So absolutely normal to not know how you feel or to feel a bunch of different feelings. Um, it's part of the process. When you lose a loved one, it's very hard to come to terms with that, even if you knew it was coming. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it's and you, you know, you, you, you were prepared. I mean, in the fact that you knew, you know, it was coming, but there isn't anything that prepares you really. Absolutely. And uh, it's a loss and it leaves a gap. Yeah. And then you have to deal with that. Um, so it's a reality that, that we all confront at some point, but we're never really ready for. Even if we know this is what's going to happen and this is what I'm going to do next and this is how I'm going to handle it. Your emotions are your emotions and they're tied to that person. They're tied to your memories, to your environment. There's so many things that are going to affect the way that you feel when you are losing a loved one and when you do lose a loved one. Yeah, you, you, uh, and you, I think part of me now, you know, my brother and sister are not in the same state, you know, so, and I said to my dad, and, you know, of course, now, my caregiving continued because I have my dad, and so I kind of didn't have a break, and, you know, I had said to him, you know, it's a little, not that my brother or sister didn't lose their mom, but they, they weren't through that day to day stuff, you know, or as close to the situation. Um, and part of me gets mad at them yeah. now and I'm saying, why am I mad at them? But I am because they're, I guess, cause they can got kind of, I mean, they have to feel the grief, right? But they're going on with their lives. Yeah. And it's different <laughs> and it's, it's different for them. It's, and, and you know, even if you live nearby or everybody's going to have a different experience, you know how, when you talk to your siblings and they remember things 
the same event differently because yes. you take in the moment, the moment differently. Your relationships with the people that you love, with your parents, with your children, they're also going to be different even if you're in the same unit. And now with you and your mom and your sibs, you know, they were or they are away. So it's even more different. And in many ways, they were protected from yeah the, the more difficult things because you were carrying that weight. So yes, of course, you you can feel upset about that. You're and, entitled. I know, and then I feel guilty because I'm like, why do I, you know? Yeah, that too. <laughs> it does come with that. <laughs> it's like guilt in there too. And then I think they kind of feel, and I don't know if I read into it, and I'm like, I think they feel guilty because then they kind of, I'm not the type, I really, you know, I kind of keep things in and I'm not the type to complain, but then I mm -hmm. get to a certain point where, and it's so hard with my dad because he's, he's lost, you know, but yeah. he wants to remain in the home and, you know, he, he doesn't see, you know, he has a uh, very bad Mac, he's legally blind. So, and yeah. he's very bad rheumatoid arthritis and he, the poor guy can't walk, you know, he just walks very slow and he, but he wants to be by himself, you know, take care of himself. Yeah. Independent. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I, but you're not sharing it. And it's funny you said that because I was going to ask you, you know, sometimes we feel all these feelings and have all these thoughts that can sometimes be resentful, you know, yes. and then that's where the anger is and the guilt and it all gets, it gets bunched in together. But if we're not talking about it, it's a hard topic to talk about. You know, it's hard to say to your sibling, hey, I wish you were here. You know, I'm like really carrying this and I need assistance. But sometimes it's, it's harder for things to go. It's easier, I mean, for things to go unsaid. Yeah. But that it creates this atmosphere that at some point, you know, will have to be confronted because it, it, it doesn't go away. Uh, yeah. And, and then I think if I do say anything, I, I kind of say, oh, gosh, you know, my dad, he f for some reason he I, he'll and my dad says, I'll say, dad, you have, you know, you, you we we wanted to have him to come live with me or live with one of my siblings. No, no, I can do my you know, we said, well, what about the laundry? What about washing dishes, you know, clothes and I can do it. I can do it. And he, he says he can, but he doesn't. So there's the thing, you know? Mm. And if we say, but you're not doing it. Well, I can, <laughs> you know, and he's of sound mind. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a little forgetful, but so I can't, you know, it, it's a tough situation. And I find, and I think especially now, because I guess the holidays and everybody's busy. And I find if I say things to my brother and sister, like I get there and there's a sink full of dishes, like every fork is a mm. knife is in the sink, you know, oh. <laughs> you know, and he'll be, he'll say to me, I meant to do those dishes, <laughs> you know? yeah. but I guess I didn't, you know, and if I say that to my brother or sister, they're like, they, I, I think they feel, I, I, I sense they might feel guilty. And so they kind of, well, what can I do? That type mm -hmm. of thing. He's going to have to, we're going to have, he's going to have to get someone to live with it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's a, yeah, it's like, let's, let's fix it. Yeah. <laughs> because somebody has to fix it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. We're, 
how do we go on from here? This grieving, you know, is it's, this all part of grieving? Is it's, you know, it's <laughs> grieving is such a complicated process and everybody goes through it. And, you know, there are many similarities, but there are also a lot of differences because everybody is different and yeah. they have their own experiences. But there are the stages, right? The regular stages that most people go through which is, you know, initially you're denying once, you know, when you first hear about it or when you know it's going to happen. There's the anger, the bargaining, the depression, and eventually the acceptance, right? Right. And there's so much turmoil that goes with all of that. Um, but um, and it, la- it doesn't, it can be prolonged. And I think with grief, um, grief and bereavement, the, the issue really is, or the question really is, how well can you function with it? How long is it lasting? And is it interfering with your ability to to manage your day-to-day, huh. right? Yeah. So, you know, it, yes, it is stressful. Yes, it is very sad. It can be very depressing. You can find yourself feeling extremely angry in one moment because you thought of something. And then a little while later, you're crying because right. you remember something else. Um, and and that's normal. But then how long is, is that period? Right. And then uh, is this interfering with your ability to focus, with your ability to think, with your ability to do your job, with your sleep, with your ability mm-hmm. to take care of yourself? You know, how, where is it happening in your life? And, you know, initially it may interfere with some things because it is very shocking, even when you know it's coming. But when a long time has passed and it's not going away yeah, and it, it's getting in the way of things, it's getting in the way of self-care getting in the way of eating and you're looking disheveled and your mood is low and then it's turning into something else right and then we're looking at is it becoming depression or is it a depression already you know that so, so those are the things um that sort of need to be teased out for you it's been very recent yeah you know it was coming right but it's also been very recent so you and and i think you have a lot of support um so it's it's all okay. If anything, I would say, you know, and with your dad, if the question for him would be, was he able to do the dishes before? Was he able to to take better care of himself in the home before yeah. or no? You know, is that behavior normal or is it abnormal at this point? So those are the things to look out for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you know, and it's so hard because my mom did everything. And, you know, you don't realize it because, you know, they they were the two of them and they were going along. Now, when she couldn't do anything, when she got sick and then she couldn't do anything, he was doing stuff. Um, And, but she would prompt him to do things, you know, so he was still doing them. But now I think he kind of, if he doesn't have to go anywhere, you know, if he doesn't have a doctor's appointment or anything, he doesn't get dressed. You know, he yeah. just kind of sits and he'll say, oh, I didn't get to that. Or, oh, yeah, I didn't get to. I have all this paperwork to do. And he'll have, you know, 
a lot of it's junk mail, but he yeah. says it's paperwork, you know, it, <laughs> it has is. to go through, you know, <laughs> but he kind of just, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm there and I'm, I'm like, oh, I have to, I, I said, dad, next time I come, cause I, he, he does initially, he didn't want to go to the store with me. He would just say, you go, you know, I'd help him with a list, but now he wants to go to get out, which is a, a good, good thing. Yes. yes. But then he'll say, oh, it's too, because he doesn't walk well, you know, he'll say, oh, it was too much for me. Like it takes him a long time. You know, for me, maybe shopping for him would take an hour. It takes maybe three with him when with he him. comes. Yeah. Yeah, because he can't ambulate. So yeah, he can. And, and he holds on, you know, I, I have a carriage. I say, hold on to the carriage because he doesn't want to use a cane. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't need a cane. And, but then I spend more time apologizing for him. But he's banging. <laughs> It's everybody, you know. It's just like, um, but uh, yeah. So I, and then I try to always be cheerful for him. So, and then I get mad because I'm like, I can't even. I don't want to be cheerful. I can't be sad. And you know, (laughs) you know, it's funny because we try to protect the people that we love. Yeah, this is the other part of the of the topic, the loneliness piece. I think that sometimes we find ourselves lonely or or socially isolated because it especially when you're the caregiver because it feels like other people don't get it they haven't yeah. done this you know kind of like with your siblings they don't understand or they haven't been here and I'm carrying this burden but the other part of it is because you also want to protect people right yeah um you don't want to say something that will upset them further because you know you're upset um so so you want to be you try to be mindful of that but to be frank sometimes if you um kind of validate or acknowledge the experience it can be so freeing for both you and the other person because I'm sure your dad is feeling lost yeah and lonely and scared he's just lost his partner that's not easy and you just lost your mom that is not easy and sometimes things go unsaid because we're afraid to say it out loud now it's real right yeah um but but sometimes we need each other and, and, and it's hard to reach out. It's scary. I don't know why we're <laughs> humans are funny sometimes, yeah. um, but, but we need it. Um, and he might not engage. He might say, no, no, I'm okay. You know, I'm the tough guy, Yeah. but you know, a good embrace, uh, that I know you're strong, but guess what? I miss her. You know, that might just be enough. Even yeah. if they don't acknowledge it. Um, because it's hard. You know, the, uh, she was on hospice for a very short time and the chaplain, you know, I had the chaplain call him cause I thought maybe he would open up, you mm-hmm. know, to, you know, it, it's a man and, you know, he might feel more comfortable than opening up to me, you know, or because I think he feels he might have to be strong for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but he said, Oh no, I don't need that. You know, because I, and I understand the chaplain had a call and say, is it okay if I come, you know, I, I guess mm-hmm. they can't just show up. <laughs> cause I'm like, just show yeah, up not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> I'm like, it's don't call him. Cause he's going to say no, just show up. But they can't do that. You know? <laughs> so, That's um, funny. and he said, 
first he said, oh, I told him I'm fine. And I, I don't know, my father was telling him all kinds of stories. And then he said to me, how do I know it was the, really the chaplain? It's just uh, crazy. But we're going to continue talking with Dr. Lena Aldano. But first, if you're a woman or there's a woman in your life, there's something you absolutely need to know. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. You're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Want a great new way to listen to the show? Just say, Alexa, play Parents Are Hard to Raise podcast. Getting the latest episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Here it is from iHeartRadio. It's as simple as that. You're right, Dolly. There are so many really cool new ways to listen to our show. It's hard to keep track. You can join the 180 million listeners on Spotify. You can listen in your car, at the gym, or pretty much anywhere on your smartphone with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can get us on Apple TV, DirecTV, Roku, and like Dolly said, you can even ask Alexa to play the show for you. It's great because you don't have to be tied to a radio anymore. You can listen when you want, where you want, for as long as you want. And if you're listening to the show in one of these new ways, please do me a big favor. Share this new technology. Help someone else learn about the show and show them a new way to listen. Selena, you were talking about uh, 
loneliness, um, what, what do we do? How do we, uh, you find that you don't want to be around other people, but then you should, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, I mean, you don't, you, you obviously you need time alone you need space you need to be able to think and you know remember and we need privacy for that but if you find yourself you know isolating avoiding people alone most of the time and feeling pretty down or miserable and and and, and not seeking help not talking about your feelings or your thoughts that may be a, a time when the light bulb should go off and say, okay, maybe I need to talk to somebody. Maybe I need to call my friend or talk to my husband or call my daughter, whoever, um, just to say, hey, I was just thinking about this or remember when and sort of start that conversation um, because it, it's hard. It, it, it can be a very lonely road and you can get stuck in your, in yeah. your thoughts. And then it creates, it can create a lot of negativity, a lot of sadness, and and you don't know all the details. And, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot again, but you mentioned your siblings and you said, um, I think they may feel this way, or I think yeah. you know, this may be going on. And they probably feel the same way, or they probably think the same way, but you're not sure because you're not talking about it. No. You're just guessing. You're, you're making assumptions. Right. Um, and, and and you're feeling left out, alone. Yeah, and I get, I, I kind of, you know, I'm like, geez, they can kind of keep, keep going on with their lives. But I'm not, you know, I, I mean, I am, but I still have my dad. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, and they're home and <laughs> it's different, <laughs> you know, and, and then I say, well, they're not here. So how could you get mad at them? But you do kind of, of course <laughs> you get mad. And I mean, here's the other reality. And, and I think sometimes we don't also want to talk about this. We also get mad at the person who passed away. Um, because, because they left because maybe, you know, when it's sudden, it's sudden or when it's something like an illness that it is prolonged, it's a little right. bit different. But when you feel like, well, you didn't take care of yourself well enough, or you know, now I'm alone now, and you can become angry at them, and and that's also normal. Yeah, yeah. I think my dad. I you know I think, you know, my dad kept saying he, because my mom had pancreatic cancer and she couldn't eat. You know, she mm-hmm. she just couldn't, and he kept. My dad kept saying if she would only eat. Mm-hmm. You know, and he kept, and then he kept saying they stole, you know, she was on hospice, but she couldn't eat, you know, and there was a point she couldn't swallow. And he yeah. kept saying, if she, we have to feed her, you know, yeah. and he, because that would solve everything. That would be so much yes. simpler, right? That's the wish. Yes. yes. And I, I, you know, I told him, you know, that dad, this is part of, this is the body, the body knows you know, it's not hungry. It, 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 it can't eat. I said, she can't choke. You know, we can't. And I said, she's not hungry. Well, we can try soup. You know, no. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know. It, yeah. It, 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 it's so tough for people. And, um, I find that 
I have no pay. And I'm usually a very easygoing, calm kind of person. And I usually, I'm the middle child. So I usually try to, uh, have everything run smoothly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, but I notice even I'm very, I have no patience for anyone. I have no patience for mm-hmm. anything or anyone. And then I'm saying, well, that's not like me, you know, no. but there's reason for you to be irritable. Yeah. You, you're going through a huge change, right? Loss is a huge change. It's a big adjustment. There's an empty space that you're dealing with. Yeah. It's not easy. No, and the holidays it makes it tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, it's 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 yeah. You, it's never a good time, but it this time of year it's just gonna bring up a lot of stuff. It it, it does, yeah, and it makes it hard um, to you know there there's that empty chair, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's no fun, you know. Mm-hmm. It's my mother, and you know you don't realize. I guess because, you know, you're, you're living your life and, you know, you're with your mother and father, but we didn't, I didn't realize how much, uh, my mother really, I guess she equal, you know, equalized my dad. I don't know how to, you know, uh, humanized him more. Or, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say that. You know what I mean? She, uh, she, <laughs> I guess, I mean, when I look at him now, you know, I'll say, dad, you know, we go to the store, I'll say, dad, well, what do you feel like eating this week? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and I, and then I think, and I'm like, you know, my mom, she went shopping, she cooked, she made whatever she put it in front of him. He ate it. Yes. <laughs> he didn't have to make any decisions. No. And now he kind of, you know, and then, I, you know, and everyone says to me, well, you have to make the decisions for him. Well, I, you know, it's That's just, a, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. I guess it's hard for people too, because if you have another, you know, first of all, you're dealing with the loss of one parent. And then if you have another one, and then you kind of feel like you don't have the time yourself to, to, to feel, to it, feel to it, think yeah. about it, to, yeah. to, to get through it because you're so busy still taking care of yeah. someone else. And yeah. And so this is, this is when finding people who, you know, your own time and people who or one person who you can talk to and express those feelings still would be important. This is why support groups exist for grief. Um, here in where I live, we right. have um, Good Grief, which is um, ah. for families and especially it's, it's, it's geared towards them, especially children who lose parents or oh. loved ones, but it also provides a lot of support for the family. It's like a big, big thing. I think it's a Morristown. I think it's based out of there. But, um, but it's very good um, because it, it has programs. It has... The group component, it has all sorts of things where you can socialize with people who, yeah. who've been there. Um, and, and it's helpful. It's not easy, right? But, right? but then you meet someone or you hear a story and you're like, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. How, how, do you have any ideas on getting, like, for instance, my dad, I think maybe he would benefit from that. But how do I, how do you get him to agree to that or because even if you take it and say hey 
let's go sit down for a chat together, like as a family, because, you know, you, there are support groups like that where you can go with another family member. And maybe that he doesn't join. It may be that he just kind of sits and listens. Yeah. Or he refuses. Who knows? Um, but sometimes you don't have to actively participate to get something out of it. Right, he could just listen, um, and mm-hmm. but if he refuses to listen or walks out, then you know, that, yeah. that's that. Um, yeah, but um, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe if I said, yeah, I'll go with you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we could go together. I don't know I could, because he can't he can't drive himself. So no, yeah. <laughs> so, so you would have yeah, to I would him. have to take a more yeah. So I guess. Um, I guess we each have to, you know, it's kind of an individual thing. We each have to figure out what would help, you know, what what would help me, you know, who can I talk to or find a solution that, you know, if I'm, if I was down before something that maybe helped me. Yes. And, and I guess, you know, grief is normal. Right, right. Not, not patho- pathologize the grief, not yet, right? Because it's it's, it's still very fresh. Um, it becomes quote pathological and problematic. Right. And leads and and then we're looking, like I said before, into depression when time has passed and it hasn't gotten better or it's getting worse and is now interfering with your ability to function in several areas of your life. Right. So yeah. it, it's now become something else. You're not getting over it, but. All the things that you're talking about, they're normal. Um, and they do get better over time. And the fact that you are mindful and aware yeah. um, is a very good thing because you are paying attention and you're noticing the differences and, and you're being thoughtful. And as time passes, you and, you know, after this conversation also, I think you'll maybe think about what can I do differently? Right. Is there something that I used to do that I enjoyed? Maybe I can go back and do that. You know, remember, we're entering the winter, so it's going to be darker. It's bleaker. It's already depressing. Right. Right. So that's not going to help. Right. (laughs) The holidays are coming. It's going to be your first set of holidays without her. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be things that are going to activate all those feelings that are that feel so bad, but that are normal. And next year, even if you are feeling better next year, you're going to have your first anniversary of this. Right. So then you're going to sort of, you know, have a wave of that. But as time passes, you are going to continue to have anniversaries, but it won't feel as bad because now you know that she's not going to be sitting in that chair. You can remember her, but now it's not so painful. It's not so fresh, right? Time does heal. Um, But when it doesn't, when three years have passed and you are feeling just as badly as you were day one, then that's something else. Okay. Yeah. Lena, how, how can people reach you? Reach me directly? Yeah. Um, I guess the best way would be our website. Let's see if I remember it. <laughs> I think if I say it correctly, then I give it all wrong. Um, I believe it's www.gpirelli.com. That's fine. And we will have that on our website as well. So we'll have that on. So (laughs) thank you so much, Lena. Thank you. Parents are hard to raise family. I hope you got something out of this episode. I know I did. 
I love getting your emails and questions, so please keep sending them. You can reach me at Diane at ParentsAreHardToRaise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. And Valentine's Day is coming. Lipstick bodyguards make a great gift. See you again next week.